This is Lawrence Lewis. And this is Sister Christian. Today is Wednesday, May 13th. This is the Producers Happy Hour, a daily podcast with two producers on opposite coasts reaching out to our filmmaking and live event community to hear your stories about how the pandemic has affected you, your life, and your work. Your stories let us know that we're not alone. It's important for us to keep sharing our experiences, our ideas. Your stories help us, and we know they're helping you. So email us, or better yet, record a one- to two-minute voice memo and send it to producershappyhour at gmail.com. Just follow the instructions on our website, producershappyhour.com. And please share the show with your friends, your colleagues, your neighbors, especially that upstairs neighbor who clumps around in their heavy shoes all day. <laughs> we want these stories to be heard. Are you speaking from experience? <laughs> yes, I am. from experience, Christian? <laughs> <laughs> I know that they can benefit from these stories, and so can your family. Absolutely. Today, we have our third crew safety roundtable today. This one is focused on the art department. Oh, yeah. And we have some seasoned professionals, and they're absolutely willing to let us know what it will take to get them back on set. So today we have Randy Hokett. She's a set decorator. Jeremy Bentevegna, a prop master, and Pilar Reynaldo, who is also a set decorator. They're all Los Angeles-based. They're all union. And yeah, it's a good chat. So, Lawrence, how are you doing today? <sighs> I, I think I'm confused. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I am too. I think I'm really confused. And I don't know how to unconfuse my confusion. I know. I know. Mm -hmm. uh, there's just a lot going on, you know. I know it's a little bit of an overblown headline, but the headline of, of you know, California probably keeping, or at least Los Angeles probably keeping stay-at-home orders in place until through July or into July or, or something that, to that effect. I mean, it, it shouldn't really be a surprise because... You know, Garcetti has always said that here are our four phases of reopening. There's no timeline on this. It's going to take as long as it takes. We're going to go into one phase and test for a couple of weeks, see how it goes, and maybe either go to the next phase or regress. So, yeah, it's a four-phased plan. If every phase takes a couple of weeks, that's a couple of months. So, yeah, it shouldn't be that much of a surprise. But just seeing it in paper and just thinking about life like this for another couple of months is a uh, it's a little strange and then to hear people are out there shooting and union jobs are happening and things are things are bubbling up. It's interesting. Well, that's what I don't understand. So I spoke to a colleague who was like, yeah, I went to a set and we filmed and we were all tested beforehand and we're given sanitizers and masks and we had to sanitize everything in between takes. I don't know anything further from that. I'm going to deep dive on that later on today. To hear that makes me wonder, where was it done? Because it wasn't done with a permit in L.A. Mm. And I know mm -hmm. that this person is L.A.-based, but they could have worked anywhere in the, you know, country, I'm sure, if mm -hmm. they chose to mm -hmm. fly. So I, I'm confused as well, uh, because... The stay-at-home order, right, that, you know, was extended, which was a surprise. So, but what does that entail on your end? I mean, just life as it has been, and you're not supposed to gather in groups still? I guess I don't understand it. There's a four-phase yes. process. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's four phases of reopening, whereas this first one, you know, floors and toy stores are open. Small things are open. Small retails open for, you know, yes. curbside pickup. Mm -hmm. Then it goes into another phase where, you know, more things can open. So reopening end of the phase four is vaccine. 
and everything can reopen and life goes back to whatever it was. Okay, so then I got so here's my specific question. So this phase one that you're in right now is that what you're doing through you know the end of July and then you reassess or is that timeline exactly? There's no timeline. Okay. Yeah, the only timeline on the whole chart was. May, what was it? What was last Friday? May 8th or May whatever. Mm -hmm. That was the only timeline. That's the start of phase two. And then nothing else has times attached to it. Except for knowing that you're going to be stay at home until the end of July. No, that's not even a timeline. That's why that's that's why that headline was so sensational. Okay. I, then yes, you're right. I'm I'm very confused, and I'm glad that I'm yeah. in New York right now <laughs> because it seemed to have spent. I know for a fact it seemed to really have a lot of people react emotionally. Mm-hmm. The phone calls and texts that I was getting about it last night from friends were just very emotional. So really, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, that's yeah. It's uh, it's strange indeed. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, but I did ask you, right? How are you? Did we do that? I'm okay. I'm dealing with the same stuff you are with unrealistic expectations of what uh, jobs could or could not look like right now. And I, I think it's mm. what we discussed yesterday is it's seeming to be based on people's own comfort levels and mm-hmm. whether they believe they should go outside or not. <laughs> and um, it sounds like we're doing a little bit of uh, cruise shopping right now. Mm, right. Not me. I mean, yeah. meaning right. that's no, what but, it seems yeah. with the jobs out there doing cruise shopping. Like, okay, you don't feel comfortable? No problem whatsoever. Do you feel comfortable? Right. Great. Come work. Come Which is exactly yep. what we've been talking about. Well, I'm excited about this crew roundtable, and they were pretty spicy. Yeah. So why don't uh, yeah. why don't we get moving forward? But first, All right. take action, guys. Yes, we have a page on our website, producershappyhour.com. The page is Take Action. There's a long list of resources there, opportunities for you to volunteer, donate, help other people out, and also things that you can do to sign petitions or make your voice heard to help with special important issues like saving the United States Post Office and, you know, making sure the live events community, their voices are heard. So check it out. Take action on our website. I do have one more thing before we start with our interview. Mm -hmm. Go check out John Oliver. For this past Sunday night, he did a great segment about the U.S. Post Office, and he has his own stamps <laughs> that you yes. can go to yeah. stand. Did you watch that? I did. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> I ordered yeah. three books of stamps that I'll never use. I'm so excited. Oh. I was oh, like, good. I was caught up in it. And I was like, oh, I need these stamps. <laughs> <laughs> so Hook, line, and sinker. Exactly. Uh, um, All right, let's get on with it. Randy Hokett is a Local 44 set decorator and non-union production designer art director based in Los Angeles. She has worked all over the country making commercials, television, and film. She has been making miracles happen on set for over a decade. She's also a visual artist whose work has been shown at Lancaster Museum of Art and Torrance Art Museum. You can see her work at randyhokettfineart.com. And she's also doing mail art, a quarantine mail art program. We talked about it before. Little postcard-sized pieces of artwork that you can buy from her, cash and carry prices. You can check those out on her Instagram, randy.hokett. I love that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Jeremy Bentevegna is a commercial prop master working in Los Angeles. He's been propping for 20 years, mostly on TV commercials. He is fortunate to have worked for some amazing designers over the years on both feature films and commercials. 
And Pilar Reynaldo, she is a native of Los Angeles and has been working in the entertainment industry for 36 years. She started as a production assistant for ABC Sports in 1984, assigned to volleyball and fencing for the 1984 Olympics. How cool is that? Since 89, she has worked in the art department as a prop shopper, prop assistant, prop master. And for the last 15 years, she has been a television commercial set decorator. Let's take a listen. Hello, everyone. I know we haven't met before, but I'm very excited to have you all here. I'd like to start off by asking everyone how you're doing, where you're located, and how your family is doing. We'll start with Randy, then we'll go to Jeremy, and then we'll go to Pilar. I'm in Los Angeles, and, you know, I'm doing as well as can be expected. I'm, I'm not sick, and no one I know personally is sick, so, um, so far, so good. Jeremy? I am in Los Angeles. I'm probably the, the contrary opinion on this one, but I love it. <laughs> I work so much. Uh, it's nice to be home around my family. I'm doing projects. I mean, if this thing went on for months and months and months, it'd be a disaster. But for right now, I'm kind of enjoying the time home. I am in, also in Los Angeles. <laughs> we are all well. I am, for the most part, enjoying it. <laughs> I am very worried about all of my salespeople, all of the people in prop houses that the time, the length of this is unknown and whether they're going to have jobs when we all get back. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Those are the, mm-hmm. those are, I think we all are enjoying the time off <laughs> and the ability to breathe a little bit, but the existential crises I'm having are about uh, people surviving this and companies surviving it, the health of the uh, business sector and also people as well, trying to buy groceries. But it all makes sense. Thank you very much. And we're going to dive into some questions. Randy, we'll start with you. If you got a call for a job today, and maybe they'll have some masks and some gloves, but other than that, uh, you know, no big changes. Come on to work tomorrow. Would you be willing to dive in? I'm actually on hold for a job in June, and I have mixed feelings about it. But the parameters are a little different than than what you just described. If there weren't going to be any any other changes, I think the answer would be no. I mean, I'm feeling pretty nervous about it anyway. I think I think it's too soon. So if it was just just masks and gloves and no other changes. I guess the short answer is no. I wouldn't go back under those circumstances. It's just it's too scary and it's too soon. Would testing help or anything like that? You know, I have I have these kind of mixed feelings about testing. I think that temperature taking is pretty useless because I think by the time you're showing a temperature, you can already have been spreading the virus. The tests that I'm aware of at this time that that turn around pretty quickly on, on a timeline like we would need have kind of uh, a false positives. I think is what's happening, yes. or and false, and false negatives, negatives too. also. Mm-hmm. But that said, I think it's the best we've got. And um, I, I do have privacy concerns. There's something about that makes me really, really nervous. But I also think I probably would consent as long as maybe there was some kind of paperwork saying they, you know, that like all that information just stays there. It stays, stays on set right. and doesn't, doesn't go anywhere else. Okay. Jeremy? If you got a call for a job, masks and gloves, come on. Yeah, I'd, I'd go. I'd go back. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, we worked right up to March 16th 
And that last week yeah. on yes. set, everyone was, you know, we didn't really have much information, but there was a mm-hmm. lot of hand washing going on, a lot of don't touch mm-hmm. your face, a lot of those, you know, early protocols. And I feel like mm-hmm. now that we have a lot more information, masks and gloves, mm-hmm. wipe down everything that you touch. I mean, I think as an industry, that's what we do is adapt to changes in the script, changes that, you know, mm-hmm. in the production. I think we could, we're all smart. Everyone, don't touch your face. Don't, you know, maintain social distancing. I think we'd be mm-hmm. fine. Do you see a, a need for testing? Would you want to see testing happen on set? But- I guess, you know, if uh, the medic could stand there, you know, as we're coming in, taking temperatures, I, I don't think we're going to get those tests that, are 100% accurate right away. I think that's months and months and months away. But I mean, I think mm-hmm. as far as the temperature, yeah, that sure, why not? Would you be willing to take a blood test or a swab or something? Absolutely, if they had it and it was some, you know, yeah, mm-hmm. if it was fast, uh, yeah, why wouldn't I? Okay. Pilar? I would not jump back in. I feel that, yes, uh, we work with a lot of people that are smart and mm-hmm would adapt. But we also work with a lot of people that mm-hmm. are disbelievers and believe that yeah. this is a hoax and mm-hmm. it's 5G. So <laughs> unless production companies can get everyone behind the same idea mm-hmm. and get require signatures, and if somebody showed up without a mask and was refusing to be tested and was refusing mm-hmm. to follow the guidelines, they would have to go home and that would be the end of it. Mm-hmm. Because at this moment, we really all have to be on the same page because it's dangerous. It, it's not fair to jeopardize anybody else's health because mm-hmm. you're a disbeliever. Well, we all have that random crew member <laughs> or person that we know that isn't of the same thinking, of the collective thinking. <laughs> I know a few <laughs> or that popped in my mind. So I I can completely understand that. And I do think that testing will happen with films and TV shows first, maybe, but commercials are going to be, you know, a little bit further down the line. Well, so I wanted now, this is my, I'm very excited about this question. <laughs> so you guys shop. Or you go to rental houses and pick up, or both, right? And we've seen Amazon, the availability to get something overnight is gone, you know, to order. So prep times are going to be longer, for sure. And art department's a lot of, like, used and found. It's not brand new, you know, things. So how do you feel about going into a store or into a rental house right now, Randy? I'm, I mean, I'm nervous about it. Actually, I didn't have time this morning, but Pinacateca is now open by appointment. And I had intended to call them and kind of get a rundown of what it's going to look like. Mm-hmm. But I, what I think is going to happen at the prop houses is that it's going to be by appointment so they can control how many right. of us are in there, which is great in terms of us trying to keep alive mm-hmm. and is not great in terms of the turnaround that efficiency yeah that's come to be expected you know Mm -hmm. i mean we're working miracles all the time people have no idea i have read some of these plans art Mm -hmm. department isn't even included it's insane they have no idea what we're doing right what we're doing is working miracles all the time and we're just we're gonna have to have more time I'm very much. Well, how do you how do you sanitize like an upholstered? I don't couch know. Too? I mean, that's that's. I was thinking about that in the shower this morning, as I have many times. Um, <laughs> I don't know how to sanitize a sofa, 
So you showered? Uh, I did. I did. Okay. It was pretty gross. Um, it had been like four days. Yeah, I don't know how to sanitize a sofa. You know, we can we can sanitize C stands. That makes sense, right? But how? Mm-hmm. They're yeah, solid. they're metal. You you do a bleach spray mm-hmm. or something. It's fine, but you can't do that on a sofa. You can't do that on a lampshade. You know, I'm not sure. And I'm hoping that the prop houses have some ideas. But I I wonder a little bit if that doesn't just mean, right, we have to get this stuff on set and give it time to sit. In the sun, maybe, or a UV lamp. Yeah, UV lamps, okay, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And then in terms of doing shopping, like like at Target, yeah, that scares me to death. Mm -hmm. I'm not looking forward to that at all. People are freaking out. You guys seeing these videos of, you know, people refusing (laughs) to wear masks and fights are breaking out. I'm not looking forward to that in any way. Jeremy, how about you? I'm not that worried about it. I, again, I don't, but I'm not picking up couches mostly. It's going to be a a laptop, a cell phone, some headphones, things that are a lot smaller and easily sanitizable, if that's a word. I feel like I could could shop. I could wipe down everything before I bring it on set. I feel pretty comfortable Mm -hmm. on my end as far as that's concerned. Yeah. And so uh, handing over a prop to, to an actor, you feel confident? You're in charge, your department, clean it, sanitize it. So when it goes absolutely to the actor, wear gloves, uh huh, sanitize it, put on gloves, you know, wear hand it to the actor. I think it'd be, I, I feel pretty good about that. Yeah. And what about time for you? Since we talked about time with Randy, do you feel you'd still be able to, to do the same kind of job under the same time restraints pre coronavirus, or do you feel like you might need a little bit extra? time. I think extra prep time wouldn't, you know, she had a good point about Amazon. I mean, Amazon, everything, Yeah. Um, you know, because there's so, you asked for a weird thing that, you know, there are no toy stores anymore. So to get those things, yeah, yeah, they would require more time. Absolutely. Okay. Pilar? So I've been in contact with the prop houses. I know that Objects and Nest are currently, they have a few employees back and they are Mm -hmm. installing sanitation stations. They are installing areas in the loading docks where you're going to return stuff. Stuff will be either sprayed. They're trying to figure out how they're going to deal with the furniture. There's going to be no more working with salespeople. Usually we walk in, we wait for a salesperson, we tag things. We know whether they're available or not. That is no longer going to be available to us. We will have to take stuff off of the website, email it to a salesperson, find out whether it's available or not, if it is on hold from somebody else. So we will have to then have something else tagged in the event that we now have to make a second choice. They are going to have an appointment so that we come in and pull all of our smalls and load them onto a decker. And we can't change our mind. There is no like, oh, can you take this off? Because there are a lot of decorators that wanted, they walk in there and they tag the world. They take two things and they don't actually take what they need. So in some ways, this is going to be better because we're all going to have to become far more efficient at our jobs. I know that at Target, you can do curbside pickup. You choose it all online and someone meets you in in their parking lot and they put the stuff in your car. But yeah, we're going to need more prep time because it's navigating completely different waters and getting things instantly is not an option any longer. Yeah. I think that's client expectations are, are kind of one of our biggest <laughs> sticking points. Me and Christian over here. It, that scares the shit out of me. Yeah. 
Yeah. I'm so glad. I love hearing you guys say that because it's, it's so important from where I sit because I see that stuff not getting managed so often. And, you know, it's, we're scouting Mm -hmm. at five o'clock on the day before mm -hmm. pickups and everything (laughs) changes and that, that can't Mm -hmm. happen anymore. Mm -hmm. It just can't. We have to be sure that clients are looking at the photos that we send through and making decisions ahead of time. It's just, um, everything has to get done sooner, you know, and, and for real now. Yeah. It seems like the last minute tech scout the day before the shoot should be eliminated Mm -hmm. because it's impossible for us to turn something around within 12 hours. Like the tech scout should happen three to four days in advance. Yeah. Clearly we can no longer go Mm -hmm. in a pass van altogether. So yeah, that will require right. more time so that we mm-hmm. can all drive there, arrive. Mm-hmm. We're also t- discussing uh, multiple things. Like say you have a set build, having art departments start and do it and set dress and everything in advance without any gripper electrics there or camera department. Mm-hmm. Then when we mm-hmm. go into the pre-light, it's completely done. None of that combo shit that mm-hmm. never works anyway. Mm-hmm. And the couches being rushed <laughs> in the night before the shoot. No, we feel that it has to be spread out over time in order to be safe in numbers. Cause we can't just throw a hundred bodies at it anymore. No. I mean, it's uh, that's totally true. We have to have dedicated dress mm-hmm. days and, in the past, I mean, I'm sure we've all we've all experienced this. It's like a pre-light and art department supposed to get <laughs> half the day to dress a set and <laughs> grip and electric show up same yeah, time we do, and we can't do anything mm-hmm. until they're done and they're all over us. And you know, we we're just gonna have to have dedicated time to mm-hmm. get the sets and dressed. Prep days and houses. Mm-hmm. Do you think anyone will ever allow us into their homes is my question. Oh, again, um, if, if there's a sanitation company, we send there beforehand, we put them all up in a and hotel and yeah, I mean, there's a lot to think about of every aspect of what we do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to ask Jeremy, do you have any reservations of going on to a set again, say right now, everything opened up and we had a crew of. 65, 75 people with the number of people on set working together. Were you in any way? No. Okay. I was thinking about this earlier. I feel like I take so many safety classes as it is, just like everyone Mm -hmm. does. I feel like prior to all this, contract services should have so that we're all on the same page. There should be a safety class regarding COVID-19 where we all go over the parameters, how to put on your PPE, how to disinfect, how to do all these things. That being said, if everyone was on the same page and we all showed up to work and there was 65 people, I feel like for the most part, we're all going to follow those protocols. And, you know, if they're like Pilar said, if there's that errant person that doesn't believe it, that believe this is a hoax, then uh, that person would be asked to leave the set. Mm-hmm. But if we're all on the same page and it's been cleaned, I don't, I don't think I'd have a problem. Hopefully I could wear a mask on set until, unless I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not, I'm not on camera. So I don't know why I couldn't. Yeah. And I would wear gloves. My assistant would probably stay in the truck or, and or vice versa. You know, we'd limit the amount of people that are coming in to interact with the actors. But I feel like we could probably pull it off. And I feel like commercial crews, it's much faster. It's a day, two-day, three-day shoot. Car commercials. A lot of commercials could be filming right now that 
don't require the huge background numbers. Oh, that, for you sure. Know, yeah. Meet them scenes. There's no, you know, we keep it small. It could all be, we could be working right now. Yeah. Okay. So there's a lot of talk right now about releases and waivers. A couple different ones I'm curious about. And this isn't really a release. This is more of a, an affidavit or something uh, stating that you have not had any COVID-19 symptoms in the past two weeks and you have to sign this document in order to be accepted on a job. Randy, would you be willing to sign something saying you've not had any symptoms and you do not believe that you have uh, COVID-19? I think no. Um, I mean, I have allergies and I'm a set decorator, so I basically always have a headache. (laughs) Um, you know, uh, it's funny because it's true, but honestly, that's the truth. I mean, I, I have symptoms of Mm COVID-19 all the time, always kind of like coughing a little bit and, you know, and like this, it's spring, it's God awful. So, you know, no, I also wouldn't be afraid to not go to work if I really did think I was Mm -hmm. sick, but I, I don't want to sign something like that. No. And I I don't know. I'm not sure I see the benefit of it. And it feels shifty to me anyway, to ask that sort of thing. This, this talk about waivers is, makes me very uncomfortable. So if the theory of that kind of affidavit, because that's not really a waiver, just saying that I have not had any symptoms, I think the point of that is to make other people on the set feel a little mm-hmm. bit better that everyone else is promising that they haven't felt anything. Um, mm-hmm. If you think about it that way, it's less about you and more you're promising to the rest of the crew that you feel mm-hmm. healthy. W- what's your thinking on that? I'm, that changes my perspective for sure. I mean, you know, I, I would, I want my coworkers to feel like they can trust me. I want to have, uh, my crew with me when mm-hmm. I go back to work, the people I, f- I know I can trust. So, you know, I don't know if you put it to me that way, maybe that changes my mind. You know, if this is just me saying like, as far as I know, I'm not, I'm not sick. Right. And, you know, yeah. that's cool, I guess. And then the other waiver that people are talking about, <laughs> which, you know, I'll save my opinion on, but uh, would be saying that you are waiving the production company responsibility if you end up contracting COVID-19. I wouldn't sign that. Absolutely not. And it's my guess that our unions are going to back us. Yeah. Have they put out any communication about that yet? Not that I'm aware of. Not yet. Okay. Jeremy, let's start with the first one. Uh, Just promising you don't have any symptoms. Would you be comfortable signing that? Yeah, absolutely. But like Randy said, which is funny, every headache, every sniffle (laughs) (laughs) sends me into this, like I sneeze and I'm like, oh my God, you know, I tell my wife, I have it. (laughs) But yeah, I would sign uh, that first one. And, and like Randy, if I felt sick, I have no problem not going to work. I don't go, you know, if I feel like I have the flu, I don't go to work or I'll mm-hmm. call in or replace myself. So mm-hmm. I feel comfortable with that one. The second one is a little more complicated. Mm-hmm. Originally, I thought when I read about that, I was like, yeah, I would sign that too. But I'm not so sure because you're saying if I don't sign it, I can't go to work, which is kind of shady. Yep. Yeah, that one's a little more problematic. Pilar? The same. I would definitely sign the first one. Second one, I have hesitations. Our union has sent out information and has put together like a coalition of decorator, lead man, set dressers that are working together with the union to try and figure out like what and how we all go back to work and what it looks like and what we feel comfortable with. And they had us 
fill out a survey to garner some of uh, our ideas. So there's a lot of thought going behind it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think that I would trust whatever IATSE, DGA, SAG come up with because I feel that they're all looking out for us at this moment. Mm-hmm. Well, so then, Jeremy, am I, do I understand that you're 399 as well? That's correct. Just curiosity. Is there anything talks like that when it comes to 399? I have not that I've heard. Okay. I haven't been going on the website right. much, so there probably is a whole discussion, but I'm not. <laughs> okay. okay. I, I haven't been part of it. <laughs> well, so, um, I mean, this could be a little bit of a loaded question. So who do you think should implement these guidelines? Randy. I mean, I feel like it has to be a discussion, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, like Pilar said, we're we're pretty much waiting on word from the unions and they're working really hard to they're they're mm-hmm. working with epidemiologists and you know, I think they're doing it right. They're trying to protect us. Right. But, mm-hmm. And I'll be interested to see what that looks like. I know that I'm having these discussions with everyone I work with. And like I said, I'm on hold for this commercial in June, Mm -hmm. you know, whether or not it'll go, I don't know, but I'm talking already with the producer Mm -hmm. about what changes might look like. And he, you know, he, it wasn't new to him when we got on the phone together. Mm -hmm. He had obviously already been talking with other people as had I and I know I feel like it's a group effort, you know, mm-hmm. I think we're all kind of responsible. I, I don't want to say like it's production responsibility. It is. They'll need to provide PPE and that kind of thing. They'll need to make sure we have hand washing stations, et cetera, et cetera. They're going to need to make sure we have enough space. But in terms of my responsibility, what I feel like it's my responsibility, I'm just uh a control freak, apparently, (laughs) Um, you know, like I just, like, I, I want to be responsible to myself and to the people around me. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that means that I'll do my part and I hope that everyone else will feel the same. Okay. We've been discussing this too. And being freelance producers, we've felt the, one of the reasons why we're doing this is, It's great that so many entities and production companies are coming up with these guidelines, but as freelance personnel, we feel like the burden so far is going to fall on us. We're not medical personnel. Mm -hmm. We're not properly trained. We're not represented by a union. And although Lawrence and I can say from personal experience that we both have a lot of integrity, there are some producers out there I've heard that don't. So I'm not sure that leaving it up to a freelance entity would be the best thing for everybody. So we've started to discuss maybe this should be run by the permit office or the OSHA or a third party moderator. That way everybody's interest is taken into consideration and not just what we can afford to do. Mm-hmm. So that seems really smart. I've read some ideas about how the tests get implemented too. Should we have those, mm. right? Like maybe that's a third party person. Maybe that's not your set medic because we need to keep it separate. Same thing with the sanitizing, like whose responsibility is that? I like the idea of there being some official oversight, I guess, but I don't know. I guess that would be a whole new entity somebody would have mm-hmm. to create. Well, just like they did with animal monitoring. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Or yeah. Um, o- OSHA. You know, OSHA. Yeah. 
So I don't think it's, you know, outside of the scope of possible. I just think that leaving it up to, you know, us untrained individuals to make sure yes, that terrifying. everyone's taking everyone monitoring you guys like following adults around like I do that for a living. <laughs> but I'm not sure that I want to also have your health in my hands as well. So Jeremy, what are, do you have any thoughts on this? I don't know. The, uh, I guess the thought of a of another department coming in and supervising people on set sounds really complicated. Right, but th- the thought of a PA sanitizing everything, how does that make you feel as well? <laughs> as uh, Depending on the okay, PA, I mean, of course. I'm not saying I everything. kind of feel like I want to go back to work, Not although not really, but I mean, mm-hmm. at, at some point I want to go back to work. <laughs> I and <laughs> I'm... I'm a responsible individual. I will, like, I feel like most crews are going to be very responsible. I don't know. Obviously, I think there should be some oversight and there should be some guidelines, whether that's coming from the union or mm-hmm. contract services or from somewhere. But I feel like as a, as a whole, no one, I don't want to get sick and I don't want to infect someone else and I don't want to bring it home to my family. I, I, I think we're all going to be very, just like that last week before we got shut down, everyone is extremely conscious of, don't touch your face. Mm-hmm. Don't be too close to somebody. Don't, you know, the craft service, no one went near craft service. We all sort of just adopted those protocols immediately because I don't want to get sick. And I think that's the same thing that would go forward. I don't know if, if we need another department to come in and be like a watchdog watching this crew, making mm-hmm. sure. I think we're all going to probably just adhere to that. Why? Because no one wants to get sick. We all have families. We all have responsibilities. But there's also those people out there who think that 5G, to your point, <laughs> Pilar, or that it's not really true and the numbers are inflated and all that. So there's also the naysayers out there. So there I are feel like who- a, in the midst of this public opinion, if there's that errant person on set, I feel like they're going to be sort of ostracized relatively quickly. Everyone is taking it mm. seriously. In L.A., absolutely in L.A. But, you know, you get out into maybe some production that happens in the rest of the country, then I can maybe. see the need for it. Get maybe a little, yeah. Pilar, what about you? I actually think that it would be a good idea. I don't know that it needs to be like a department of many, but definitely perhaps OSHA becoming involved would be helpful because I think that another factor is that there are days that you wake up and you just kind of forget that this is happening, especially when you go out into the world and you see that no one is wearing a mask and you're like, did I... <laughs> Miss something did I, did I this morning? Dream all of this? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think that sometimes, even subconsciously, people might not follow right. the rules. And I think it's important because, yes, there are lives at stake here. Well, say your client, our client comes on to set. And I mean, they're the one paying for it, but they're the, also the one who is <laughs> calling all and, the rules, you know, double dipping and all the stuff that we see happen on set. Then, I mean, I. Um, I have a a good set of nuts to be able to say no to that. Not everybody can address somebody in charge to stop acting in that way. Apparently, yeah. That behavior. Well, I think that a lot of, we also have to think about that all of this PPE and perhaps another entity supervising us is going to cost money, which is going to come out of the overall budget, which is then going to squeeze Oh, it always ends up being the art department. <laughs> They're like, oh, you guys, we had to take $40,000 out of your budget. Sorry. <laughs> and at some point, I just feel like years ago when I started, producers were 
they were like a hammer. They came on set and it was like, this is how this is going to happen. Today, the directors come on and they're like mm-hmm. a hammer and nobody is telling, telling them, them like, no. I'm very sorry, mm-hmm. but there is no money for what you've just dreamt. And there is no way because now we have to pay for all of this other right, stuff. Yeah. And I think that that is really going to have to be a point mm-hmm. that is hammered home that expectations really do have to be lowered because a lot of the money, we're going to make this thing, but we can't make it the way it right. was made because a lot of money is now going into protecting the safety of your mm-hmm. crew. Yep. Yeah. And your, you know, midnight dreams. In the morning. Yeah. It's just not possible. Yeah. I, know. I mean, but budgets are going to have to be kind of rethought. Uh, oh, yeah. Broadly. And uh, schedules, too. You know, mm-hmm. schedu- yeah. mostly schedules, but that impacts a budget. Exactly. So that leads to my next question. Randy. Wait, could I? Oh, yeah. Could I just to Christian's point about the PAs? I don't think anybody wants to see it fall on them. They don't have a union. They don't, you know, they make the least money on Mm -hmm. set. I would, I would very much hate to see that kind of responsibility fall to them. We would never, I I, I can't imagine asking somebody to do that. And I, that's why I think it would just be the Mm -hmm. worst possible. Right. Exactly. I mean, I would, it would be mortified to be honest. I mean, that is not the position that should be responsible for the entire crew. Sorry. (laughs) It's okay. But I do want to ask, there's been talk of hazard pay. Randy, do you feel comfortable taking a job under these conditions now for the same rate that you have been working for? Or do you feel like your rate should be increased or there should be some sort of hazard pay compensation? I do kind of feel like we should be paid more. I mean, we all know this. Rates have been stagnant for almost as long as I've been in this business. Yeah. You know, it's rates are stagnant. We're not making enough money for what we do. So do I think we should make more? Yes. Should there be hazard pay? Absolutely. Do I think we're going to get it? Probably not. (laughs) Jeremy. Yeah, I I agree on the rate issue. I don't know if I wouldn't ask for nor hazard pay. No. Um, But do I think rates are low and do the rates need to be higher? Absolutely. But not because of a hazard. But pay. not because of hazard pay. Pilar. That's right. I agree completely. My fear is because in the last few years, when budgets become tighter, there's always the favor of, can we reduce right. your rate? <laughs> and my fear is that because people have not been mm-hmm. working and companies haven't been generating income, that that is what they're going to ask of us, so, which I will say absolutely no. Yeah, that's a that's a follow-up question then. Companies are going to come back. Maybe not the most favorable companies might come back and say, hey, times are really tough. We got to make right. this for much less. Randy, will you be willing to work for a 30-year rate and you haven't worked for another month and you're desperate and you need it? Would you take a pay cut? Would you go on sale to stay in the game? I mean, you know, my hard answer is is no talk to me in three months and there's no work. I don't know. But uh, am I going to discount myself so that some billionaire somewhere can (laughs) save $300 a day uh, while I'm risking my life to advertise their product? Probably not. Probably not. Jeremy. Yeah, I'm 100% with Randy on that one. In three months, I might feel differently. But right now, no, I I wouldn't come back to work for less than my normal rate. It's interesting, and Pilar, you already answered, but it's an interesting thing, and I kind of want to say a scary thing, that we are all saying, well, talk to me in three months. 
Mm-hmm. That is, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't even know to, but I, well, I hear you. I mean, I get it. And, <laughs> you know, no judgment, of course. Yeah. No it's judgment. Like, yeah. But it's a, that's a reality I think that we're all looking at. And I've already had a job offered to me that is a reduced rate with less days. And it's like, already? When we had our gaffer grip and sound round table, the gaffer immediately was like, I'm doing the same work that I was doing before. So yeah. why is it worth less? Yep. And that was a very interesting, it's about worth. It's not like our bills are less. And, you know, this seems like a pretty seasoned group. <laughs> I can't imagine after doing this for 22 years saying, of course I'm worth half. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, sure. I can't wait to come out and work extra hard and for less money. <laughs> While risking my life. Oh, yeah. And like, please, can I get sick too and maybe have to like ha- hear somebody yell at me over not having enough san- yeah. hand sanitizer? Yes, please. I'm- sign me up. I mean, I think if that were to become the standard, I would have to think about getting out of this business. It's hard enough making full rate and doing what we do. You know, it's just, I just don't know that it would be worth it to do it for less. I I know. Also, the the dreaded, there's always somebody younger, more hungry that will take it for that amount of money because it's a lot of money to them, but then the quality suffers. So I think that some lessons will need to be learned and we'll see what happens, right? Do you have any department specific concerns or something that you, we haven't discussed that you feel needs to happen before you go back to work? For my department, it's really going to be about giving us enough time mm-hmm. and making sure that clients make decisions and, and that they know what they want going in so that we can make it happen because we're just not going to be able to turn things around the way we used to. And as far as things we haven't discussed, I do have one. I read this interesting post by a doctor out of Dartmouth that kind of broke down where transmission is really happening. And it's like, it's a discussion about, you know, viral load plus time. And so Mm -hmm. most of the high transmission is happening where you're in an enclosed space, right? For a long time. Yes. But one of the things that was interesting and also sort of scary to me was that it's also happening in bathrooms. Yeah. Because yeah. of the fecal plume. Can I say that on yes. your show? Yes, fecal can. plume. Okay. So, uh, hell yeah, you can. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, that's uh, number one, horrifying, and number two, a little bit scary. And I want us. Uh, and it's been going on to- forever yeah, since yes, toilets were invented, but please. <laughs> that's why it's awful. The fecal plume has always been there, but now it can kill you. You know, I I want us to remember the bathroom when we're talking about constant sanitizing all day. Mm -hmm. And I certainly intend to tell my crew to, you know, leave your N95 on. Maybe give it a minute if you see somebody coming out and leave your N95 on when you go in. I think that'll be also self-cleaning when you go in and cleaning when you go out as a courtesy. Mm -hmm. I just Mm -hmm. I think that's a, a really good band name. (laughs) Wow. That is good. I would have gone to see them when I was. Let's all go in on the domain. I used to date that drummer. It was a (laughs) shit show. (laughs) Had to, sorry. Jeremy, what about props? Are there any department specific things that we're not thinking about as producers with regards to the way you work and any special attention that needs to be paid to? Yeah. And I will say that we understand that wardrobe department, you know, they go shopping for clothing. Stores aren't taking clothing returns right now. Mm -hmm. So 
That's an interesting thing. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think so. I think again. I, I think it would be as long as I'm sanitizing. As long mm-hmm. as the prep time would be important. Not being able to Amazon things anymore would take me right. a long time to find it practically. Mm-hmm. Do you buy and do a lot of returns? You know, I know Randy, you do as well. But is is that going to be an issue for you? Returning unused items? Yes, I buy a lot and return a lot. But if I've anything we use, I don't return. Right. Yeah, of course. So, Standard right. so uh, if I haven't used it, it's still in its original packaging for the most part. And I feel like returnable. Pilar, any specific concerns that you have? I, I just worry about the crew because they spend a lot of time in the cab of a truck. And mm. that is, you know, it usually a 10 hour day, two guys sitting side by side, mm. lifting the furnishings. They're usually very close to one another. It's you do not always have like a nine foot sofa that they're carrying. There's a lot of other <laughs> objects that they have to be shoulder to shoulder. So they're, it's going to be impossible for them to socially distance themselves. And uh, I know that a lot of them have families and I do worry about them getting ill. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my biggest concern. I am an anomaly. I've heard when it comes to decorating, I do not overshop. <laughs> I do not come in with, more than we need, and I don't usually have a lot of returns. Okay. So that's yeah. more or less how I operate also. Mm. So it's that's more right. of the crew in the, in the closeness in the, in the cab. Yeah, I just worry about them because I can keep away from everyone, mm-hmm. but for them, it's going to be really hard. And so I do feel that we should be allowed the courtesy to come in before everyone else, dress it, leave the property or leave the vicinity and let the next department come in and so forth so that we're not on top of each other. They're not ladders over our heads Mm -hmm. and people can stay as safe as possible. I think if I could interject in terms of shooting commercials in particular, where we're moving so fast all the time and we have so much to shoot, we have to think about allowing for that time, like, there's talk about slimming down crews, but the work still has to get done. And so what does that look like? The set dressers, maybe they, you know, maybe we've got a pop-up tent or two outside and that's where they hang out. Right. And we have to allow for everyone to leave the room and for right. art department to come in to turn it around with no one else in the room. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And then they leave, everyone comes back in. I think we have to think about that in terms of scheduling out our days, mm-hmm. making sure we have the manpower we need, um, but also keeping everybody safe. Yeah, it would be interesting to see if the DGA is starting to or has already thinking about actual scheduling, because we have quite a bit. And when it comes to budgeting, how many people and how many days and, mm-hmm. you know, how many days you're going to need on a stage or in a location is completely you can't just do this in a day. That's over, we think. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Yeah. Well, so I have one more question. Thank you guys so much for spending time with us. I know we're a little long, but it was very spirited. I loved it. So, Randy, what do you miss right now? Like the one thing that you miss right now? I didn't expect that question, and I'm a little teary, actually. Um, Don't start. I miss uh, <laughs> It just happens sometimes in it, the new world. It happens once an hour. What are you talking about? Like, <laughs> the um, fact that I haven't cried I, yet is weird. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I miss <laughs> my friends, mm-hmm. their family. I miss my crew. I miss mm-hmm. my friends. You know, I don't know. That's what I miss. I think the most. Yeah, Jeremy. I guess just uh, the freedom to move about. Mm-hmm. I do a lot of yoga. I miss interacting there, uh, working out more. I've been again, like I like we started this conversation. I've so far, I've been enjoying this mm-hmm. time at home. I never mm-hmm. really hang out with my wife uh, and kids as much as I have. My daughter's going away to college soon. So it's just been, it's actually been amazing for me to be home during this time and to be able to hang out with her before she leaves. And so as far as that, it's been great to be home. But I do miss just being able to go out. Routine. And and exercise and just Mm -hmm. live really Mm -hmm. without this sort of constant fear permeating my mind. uh, This paranoia that I experience, you know, that I feel all the time. So it's, it's that. I miss that feeling normal. Yeah. And Pilar? I have to say, I really miss my interaction at the prop houses. Mm-hmm. I am bilingual and I speak only Spanish in the prop yeah. houses. Mm. And they have helped me actually improve my Spanish. <laughs> and there are many decorators in this town that don't think I actually speak English. <laughs> and I hear them talking about oh, me behind my back, <laughs> which is always so great. delicious. I love that. <laughs> oh, yeah. But yeah, I do miss that because I do know these people really well. And I will miss our conversations. And I miss their delicious food that mm-hmm. they bring me from their various countries. And I do miss our crew. We're yeah. very fortunate. Jeremy, <laughs> I miss him <laughs> because he is so ornery. Yeah, we have a really amazing group of people that it's taken a long time to mm-hmm. curate. And I really feel that they're amazing. And as Lawrence and Jeremy know, I get, I'm very lucky because I work with my husband, who's a production designer. So yeah, we have kind of a family and I do miss that. I should say that, you know, I think that this industry and freelance people in general love their jobs because we get to choose what we do for a living. And we're some of the happiest, you know, workers out there when it comes to who we get to work with because we've chosen them. So it really is an ex. (laughs) Damn it, Randy. (laughs) It really is an extension of our family and I miss them. It was your question. <laughs> <laughs> Lawrence typed it to me. I'm kidding. <laughs> but thank you guys so much. Yeah, thanks, thank guys. You. We really yeah. appreciate thank you taking you the time much. with us. Yes. Wow. Of we course, thanks you. for having us. We yeah. hope to see you all on set soon. Please. Thank yeah. you, guys. Damn it. She yeah. got me to cry. Big. She got you. She got me. Um, <laughs> well. So I think um, my takeaway with so much to take away from that, but a big one, yeah. which I hadn't thought of, which is rare because I know everything um, that Jeremy said, why don't we just have safety classes for COVID-19? Like we would, you know, yeah. getting checked out on a lift or something. Absolutely. And it's interesting. I want to point out because in yesterday's show, we were talking about how you're pondering this idea of like, okay, are we being overly cautious? You know, there's a lot of people who think it's not as bad, not they're not deniers, but it's not as bad as the media might be making it out to be. Jeremy feels we should be going back to work. We could be going back to work. We're smart enough to go back to work and do it safely. But he still has fear. You know, he said at the end of the conversation, he still has fear about what's going on. So it's an interesting dialogue to continue having. 
that, you know, we are an adaptable group. We are protective of each other. But I, to Pilar's point, there are the wild cards out there that maybe, obviously, we can't yeah. control anybody on set. We should call them the There's, five Gs. <laughs> yes, the deniers, the five Gs. Yeah, there are too many variables on set to be able to control it all. But some mm. crews are family and they will look out for each other. I don't know. It's just so. Yeah. I mean, they're a tight knit crew. I completely get that. And I mean, they probably do the type of jobs that you can sustain that kind of crew the level of jobs that they do. So under their conditions, I would absolutely think that, okay, they've got a system down and are assertive enough Mm -hmm, to be able mm -hmm. to say, get out of here. This is our zone and we're doing this. I absolutely agree with that. I think that, you know, not everyone is as confident as they are. And we need... We as producers should be considering that whenever we're discussing how we should, you know, because we're a big group of people with tons of different personalities. Yeah. And taking, you know, that into consideration, I think, is important. Yes. And I think the overwhelming response we're getting out of all this is time. Time Time. and client management. And those are so interrelated because, yeah, (laughs) we have to be much more focused in our approval process and how we move forward. And the time, like the last minute nature of our business is going to be challenging to keep up. And so I think making sure everyone knows that it's going to take more time is important. Yes. Starts at the beginning. Starts at development of job. Yes. Yes. All right. It was a good one. That was a great one. And I'm very thankful that they joined us for sure. Yeah. This show is edited and co-produced by Rob Bloomkey. Artwork and logo design by Christopher Daniels. And our music was composed by Kyle Puccia. Thanks for listening. We are back tomorrow with Scott Robinson from RFI Media. Until then, stay safe, stay connected, stay active, but still keep doing it. Keep staying home. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Clean your disgusting phone. And if you are going to go outside, wear a mask. Be sure to send us your voice recordings or your emails to producershappyhour at gmail.com. Lawrence, if somebody just has to get a hold of you, how are they going to do it? Oh, they have so many ways to do it. One <laughs> so way <many>. is <laughs> lawrencetlewis.com. Another way is voiceoflawrence.com for voiceover work. Christian, how about you? You have a shiny new website. <laughs> I know. Mm, so good. Uh, yes, I do. It's sisterchristianproduces.com. Great. Thanks, everyone. See you later. Bye.